see the sign That pull over their eyes Need to pull the wool from over their eyes Welcome back to the Divestment Digest. On today's show, Daniel Avis has left me alone in the studio in order to talk to Giles Chitty, who is something of a pioneer in the field of ethical investment and an ambassador at Holden and Partners. Now, over to Dan. Thanks very much, Rob. When I met Giles, I asked him what drove him to become serious about ethical investment. My background is that I did a degree in philosophy a few hundred yards from here and then thought I was unemployable, so took a business degree and got involved in the finance world in America at first. And by the time I was about 30, I'd realized it wasn't meeting either my intellectual or my moral requirements. So I left and gradually moved over towards giving investment and financial advice. And specifically, I started a firm back in 1984 called the Financial Initiative, which was the first ethical investment or ethical financial institution in the UK. And for those people who don't know, what exactly is ethical investment and how does it relate to the fossil fuel campaign? Ethical investment is a, an evolving area. I wouldn't now call it ethical investment. My preferred term for it, which has never been accepted by the market, is conscious investment. In other words, I think when we make an investment, we need to be aware of all the aspects of it. Back in 1984, there was what I thought of as a slightly puritanical approach, which we exclude gambling, tobacco, alcohol, arms, pornography, etc. And that worked well for the first few investment funds that adopted those. Pretty soon, within a year or two, there became there were some proactive funds, such as the Jupiter Ecology Fund, which said we support or invest in companies which we think have seen the future coming and that that future involves being a lot more sustainable. Ethical and criteria were still there, but they brought in environmental criteria and they brought them in not as exclusions of bad practice, but supporting and benefiting financially as well from good practice. Since then, climate change has become a big, big issue. Globalization, corporatization of the whole planet has become a big issue. And those companies which are doing something positive about climate change are likely to be profitable as well in money terms. Someone comes to you and says, you know, we want to be ethical in our investment or sustainable. What are the kind of the main issues that you would tell them they need to deal with in their investment portfolio? The biggest issues are human rights, animal rights, environment, arms. And those all have to be seen within the umbrella of what are the positive and negative impacts of globalization? I believe you were a part of the anti-apartheid movement getting Barclays Bank to uh, pull out of South Africa. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. I used to bank with Barclays when I was a student, and that was uh, 61, 64. We had a major campaign against Barclays because of their involvement in South Africa. Uh, banks were always very, very keen to get students involved as customers because customers tended to be very loyal to banks you know if, if you became a client of Barclays you'd probably stay there for the rest of your life but as a result of that campaign the number of students joining Barclays over a period of years fell by half from 27 percent to 15 percent to be exact 
Yeah, so um, I suppose here at SOAS, our campaign is looking probably more on the micro scale. It's looking specifically at SOAS University and getting SOAS to divest from fossil fuel investment. Um, you know, in terms of the amount of money that SOAS is investing in fossil fuel companies, it's not actually that large. Some estimates put it around a million pounds, which, you know, is a drop in the ocean of the larger investment portfolio. What do you think of the kind of the argument of, um, you know, divestment movements being less about the financial impact and more about a wider legitimization of a political issue? Well, I think it's it's a very big issue. There is a need to look at the, the, the whole picture. You know, here is a, a million pounds being invested in fossil fuels. Is it a good investment? You know, what's the risk involved and what's the return involved? Last year, oil companies invested two-thirds of a trillion dollars in exploration and finding new oil reserves. This year, they've invested a few hundred million. I mean, a tiny amount compared with the previous year. To me, this indicates that they don't think there's the money in it, looking in the longer term. And funnily enough, Sheikh Yamani, who was the um, Saudi Arabian oil minister many years ago, and a Harvard Business School graduate, very bright guy, said, look, the oil industry is not going to come to an end because uh, there isn't any oil left. It's going to come to an end because there are unacceptable consequences to using oil. Yeah, and how, how are those unacceptable consequences, I suppose, structurally imposed? And how could one go about there's, speeding up the process, I suppose? Well, a number of things have happened since then. First of all, there's obviously pollution and the destruction of the environment in extracting the oil. And then there's pollution and destruction of the environment in using it and burning it and the pollution that's caused by that. However, another major trend over the last 10, 20 years is the whole issue of corporate globalization and the fact that in order to get these resources, whether they're oil or iron ore or whatever resources they are, multinational corporations have to go in and own the land under which these valuable resources are. Mm. And in many countries, Mexico is a good example, even in their constitution, it had a clause that said, everybody in this country has a right to enough land to create a subsistence living at least by growing their own stuff and living their own lives. Well, that article of the 1910 constitution of Mexico was voted out under the presidency of uh, President Fox or his predecessor, I forget which. Now, that's a very, very fundamental shift in the business environment. If we're looking at ethical investment, or as you, as you like to call it, conscious investment, if we're not investing in you know, fossil fuel companies, how do investment portfolios remain profitable? Well, they look at what you might call the industries of the future. Proper investment has to take a long-term view. And long-term views tend to be fairly high risk because you don't know, you don't have a crystal ball, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. But solar, hydro, wave power, wind power, those are going to be the industries of the future. Along with, you know, the things that deal with our demographic issue of, of lots and lots of older people, along with our issues about information technology and the power it has around the world, uh, along with financial instability around the world, which, you know, threatens to wipe us all out any minute. That bigger picture is now affecting the whole investment arena and people are having to think long term about what is 
at least viable now, but going to be very profitable in the future. So you need a proactive approach. We've actually had a look at SOAS's 2010 investment policy, which as far as I know is the most up-to-date version of it. And you said you were struck by the, the negativity of the, uh, of the, of the yes. ethical guidelines in particular. It's interesting that it goes right back to the original ethical fund approach of 40 years ago, which was exclusion. You know, you exclude tobacco, alcohol and gambling, etc., as I said before. What is actually more interesting, more exciting, more conscious and more holistic is to say, what's going to be good? You know, what kind of a company do we want that will take advantage of the opportunities in a way that values and engages our employees and our customers and the environment and social issues? You know, those are all needing to be positive if you're going to be really vibrant, effective company long term. Okay, thank you very much, Giles Chitty. You're welcome. Next time, we will hear from the Colombian activist we mentioned in the previous episode. So please stay tuned. Over and out.